0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you, Mr. Ben, Pastor Ben, and worship team for an amazing worship. Man, I, I heard Abigail out here exhorting and encouraging people to come to the altar, and I know that that's a tough thing. That's difficult. It's difficult to do because you don't want to seem pushy. You don't want to, but at the same time, you know the weight that you're feeling to get people to move into what God is doing. You know the weight that you feel of people. You know their situations and you know their prayer requests and you know the things that are going on. And your desire is just to see them turn it over to God. Your desire is to see change happen in their lives. Your desire is to see God move in their life. And if you've experienced it, if you've had the opportunity to come to the altar and see God move, then you know what's, you know what they're missing out on. You know what could happen. But then there's the other side of it where you're like, well, maybe they're not coming because they've been here before. Or, man, I don't want to push them too hard because what if God doesn't do it? So it's a difficult thing to be on this stage encouraging and, and exhorting people in hopes to bring them into the throne room of God. And the thing is, is that we on this stage, we can't make something happen. We only can lead people or set the stage. I believe in so many different situations, each one of us in our own way, are simply distracted. And that's what I wanna talk to you about today. I wanna talk to you about some of, or not some of, one of, specifically, Satan's devices. In the scripture, it talks about us not being tricked by Satan's devices. And that's a hard thing because he's had so much time to make perfect his schemes and his plans. And we've only been here for a short period of time, right? But here I am, here I am before you again, hoping that I can encourage you, hoping that I can stir up in you faith and belief that will drive you beyond whatever your struggle is, that will drive you beyond the sin that might be in your life that will drive you beyond the distractions that the enemy has set for you. I'm going to read something to you that I read recently that just really hit home. It is another pastor. Um, a friend of mine shared this. He posted it. It was... I don't know if it was a, a message or a post that his pastor had done, but it was in a letter form, and it says this, Dear Christians, Satan is a master of distraction and confusion. One of his fiery darts is to get Christians focused upon other things rather than their main responsibility and calling as followers of, followers of Christ." These other things are not unimportant things, just not most important in priority. When Satan is successful at getting all our focus upon these other things, we expend all our time and energy on them and have no strength or zeal to engage in our most important priority. I like how he said, because it was so true, we expend all of our time and energy on those things that we have no strength or zeal to engage in our most important priority. I don't know about you, but I know for me, I don't have to go far. I don't have to look too far to find A distraction. Apologize dealing with some throat things. Yet another distraction, right? We don't have to go far, look far to run into an obstacle. They just seem to pop up here, there, everywhere. But I, I want to I disturb your thinking just a little bit today. Um, I'm actually a little, I feel right now, I'm going to be honest, I feel kind of like this. If you could see me on the inside, it might look a little something like this. I I told Pastor Jeff this morning, and he laughed. He was like, oh, boy. He's like, I know how you feel, though. You like to stir things up a little bit, shake things up a little bit, but then you don't know if you're going to be able to recover. You know what I mean? Like, are they going to begin to throw stones, walk out? What's going to happen. No, but I take very serious— some of you know Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 is one of my, it's basically my life chapter. It's my, it's the verse that I just hold on to continuously. I, I go back to it regularly and <clears throat> it says, you know, basically that we don't want to conform to this world, but we want to be transformed, right, in our thinking. And when I think about being transformed in my thinking, I think about the fact that sometimes the things that i get used to the way that i'm used to thinking i need to completely shake it up because it's it's settled and i'm getting maybe stuck in a certain way of thinking and i need to i need to unearth some things because I've preached this before, and this is not the message, but I just I want I want you to understand my purpose and my goal here. I really want to disturb some things that I believe we've settled on. They're not horrible ideas, and you're gonna see what I'm saying, but I think we need to just really break it up. So when you think about distractions, when we think about distractions, the things that come to mind are negative, like they, they have a negative uh, uh, condensation to, like, like it's just a, a negative concept or deal or, or a thing about it. I'm not really sure the word I want to put on it, but, you know, simple things like bills. When I say bills, I'm sure everybody here is like, right? Bills. Nobody likes bills. How many people here feel like bills can be a distraction? Have you ever thought like bills are just a distraction to what it is I'm trying to do? Bills are a distraction to uh, my marriage. Bills are a distraction to me trying to raise my kids. Bills are a distraction to me trying to do ministry. Or how about How about maybe uh, an excess of water pouring into your basement? A distraction. You're just like, oh, here we go again. Something else to pull me away from what I really need to be focused on. How about this? Paul said, Paul said marriage is his distraction. Hmm? There it is. Shake, shake. Crunch, crunch. Our family pastor, family pastors are probably back there cringing right now. Where is he saying, where is he going with this? Holly's like, Chansey, pack our bags. <laughs> the church. The church can be a distraction. Listen. Let me read, let me read something for you. Go with me, if you will, to your Bible apps, if you have it. That's preferable. Man, I'm not sure what's going on here. The enemy does not want me to get this out. Go with me here to your Bible app. That's preferable. If you don't have it, then just open up your Bible I'm going to be in the message version. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Don't put it up yet. Um, We're going to be starting at about verse 18. And we're going to go on for a minute. Verse 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 18. In this scripture, Paul has just dove into uh, what I would consider kind of a marriage ministry uh, sermon. And I'm not going to read the first part of that because this is a family service. Uh, But, you know, if you have your Bible, then it's there. But I'm going to jump in at about 18. But I do want you to know that he's simply saying some things, and those things are of the effect of uh, marriage should look like this. It should be like this. And I'm going to tell you now that me... I decided marriage is not for me. I say to you, don't get married. But at the same time, some of you need to be married, so get married. But I encourage not to for many reasons, so on and so forth. Right. And then we jump in right here at verse 18. And it says this, were you Jewish at the time God called you? Don't try to remove the evidence. Were you non-Jewish at the time of your call? Don't become a Jew. Being Jewish isn't the point. Pause. Were you a Jew? Okay. Okay. Were you not a Jew? Okay. Don't try to un-Jew and don't try to be Jew. It's not the point. That's the key. That's not the point. The really important thing is obeying God's call. Following his commands. Now, real quick, fast and in a hurry. You come to preach with me? I'll just joking. it. I'm just chucking. Oh, oh, thank you. Look at man. That's just a servant's heart right there. God bless you. <laughs> Chancy and Holly, you did it right. You did it right. But can I just I need to pause right there real quick. Golly. See some of you would have thought that that was a distraction. That was not a distraction. Dad, go on, man. Man, dang. Sometimes, man, doing this is tough. It's tough. God had laid something on my heart, and I just, I thought that maybe I needed to change directions. And it's, it's all the same thing, that's the deal. It's really all the same thing, but, you know, sometimes it's just how you package it, Right? Can I just talk to you for a second? Is that okay? All of the scripture that I have for you is all absolutely 100% relevant. 100% relevant. Um, <laughs> I was talking to my mom the other day because God had laid something on my heart and and that's where I was going to go. And so I'm going to go there. I'm going to tiptoe into that. And then I'm going to go back to where I am. I sent my mom a picture. And what you just seen right here is 100%. You, you've seen it with your own eyes, okay? But I want you to follow me with this, with this example as well. I sent my mom a picture, two pictures. And the two pictures... One was, both were my desk in my office. Both were my desk. One, I had sticky tabs all over the desk, pink pink sticky notes all over the desk. In the other picture, there were none. In one picture, my chairs in front of my desk were facing one way. In the other picture, they were a different way. I sent the pictures to my mom, and I, I asked, I said, what do you see? What do you see here in these pictures? And she was like, in one, in one picture, your desk looks, you know, just the, she said, one looks a little bit more disheveled than the other, period. One picture looks a little bit more disheveled than the other picture. And I was like, I was like, okay. And I was like, what, you know, what stands out? And she's like, well, you have the sticky notes are all over the desk in one picture. And I was like, did you notice the chairs? And she was like, yeah, I did notice the chairs. They were a little different, you know. And and I was like, what is your perception? She was like, just one's a little bit more put together and the other one, not so much. And God has been dealing with me. God has been dealing with me and our church with that very concept and idea perception what it looks like we can get so caught up with what it looks like i asked her i said in the picture With the notes all over the desk, I said, would it change your perception if I told you that each one of those notes was a love note, a note of compassion, encouragement? Would you have looked at that picture and seen disheveled? Would that have been your thought process? What I said to her was, in my personal life, i used my office, some of you have been in my office, some of you have not. If you have not, I apologize. Go see it afterwards. If you have, then you know it's very well put together. It's clean, it's nice. Um, Candice came into my office the first time and was like, you know, jokingly, she was like, this is very zen. Like, I could just come in here and relax. She said, like, you just got a whole, like, relaxing vibe going in here. And that's, that's what I like. Personally, I like to surround myself with peace. Now, those of you that know that I have five children, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's my life. That is exactly it. There is what I like and I, what I prefer, and there, then there's what my life really is. And depending on where you're looking from, you might assume, because you know what I like, that my life is horrible. But then if you also are looking from a different perspective and you're in close, you may understand and realize that everything about my life is really actually very great. The noise, the chatter, the arguing, the running around, all of that is all really good, and I love it. But I also like peace at the same time. And the simple fact of the matter is is that In my life, I can have both and be very much like I can be happy. But some people don't think that. What people think doesn't matter to me. It does a little bit. But what people think, it really doesn't matter. Because what's really important, what really matters is obeying God's call and following His command. Now you're like, what, Pastor Dwayne? You just jumped. No, I didn't. Because see, right now I'm, I am pouring out my heart to you, and I'm trying to get you to understand something that we need to understand desperately. Sometimes our struggle with our perception can be more of a distraction than it needs to be. It could be good or it could be bad. It's all about your perspective. It's all about where you're looking from. Because to one person in this audience, something could be completely good. And to to another person, that same thing can be completely bad. And we will find ourselves messed up and squabbling and completely missing what's really important. And to me, that's what the enemy has done to the church as a whole. He's got us squabbling and fighting and and talking about, maybe not fighting, but talking about and putting way too much time in things that are both true and false. Abigail came up, grabbed a stool, and bought it over. I didn't know what she was doing But there was one or two things that I had in my mind. Actually, there was only one thing that I had in my mind, but when she told me what she was doing, it made perfect sense. I thought she was getting the stool because she's used to seeing me have a stool available for me, right? Like, I was like, oh, that's really cool. She's going to get the stool and bring it over just in case I want it. But then she told me that she was getting the stool so I could put my water on it. Two different perspectives. There were two different things happening there. Both were good from my perspective. But somebody might have been sitting out there in the crowd thinking to themselves, what is she doing? He's preaching right now. Why would she go and walk onto the stage when Pastor Dwayne is preaching? Are you following me? Now, I'm completely overwhelmed, like I am borderline ready to bawl my eyes out. I don't know if you can hear my voice. I'm trying to be a man about this, you know. (laughs) Because I'm so torn in so many different ways. I don't know where God wants me to go with this. There's so much that happened. She has a servant's heart. And because she has a servant's heart, my guess is, is, the Holy Spirit spoke to her. And so she moved. She took a step out. She took a step of faith. It may seem like nothing important to you, but she took a step of faith that what she was about to do was going to be good. And it was to me. we're in worship. And I'm back there and I'm praying and I'm praying for the people on stage. I'm praying for the situation. I'm praying for the people in the uh, congregation. And my prayer is this, Lord God, please let your will be done. Let your will be done because I don't really know what, what are you doing? What, what should be happening in this moment? I know Pastor Ben sits up here on this stool and he's like, Lord God, where do you want me to go from here? Do you want me to keep holding? Do you want me to stay in this holding pattern or do you want me to move forward? You may have another person who's like, OK, the Holy Spirit's moved on. We need to move on too." somebody else may be thinking, man, I'm ready to hear Pastor Dwayne preach. So can they go ahead and get off the stage so we can move on and hear the message for today? Somebody else is like, we need to keep singing these songs so that the Holy Spirit can fall and we can be in a, a revival. And then Pastor Wayne comes up to take the mic, and that person's like, oh, he always wants to come and interrupt what God is doing. I ask you, are any of those things? Unimportant? No. Every single one of them are important. Marriage. We understand how marriage could be a distraction. But is it not good? No. That's not what's being said. Let's continue to look at this scripture. Stay where you were when God called your name. Were you a slave? Pause. Slavery is, slavery is no roadblock to obeying and believing. Whoa. Wow. Were you a slave then just, okay. Is that keeping you from believing? No, God, but I don't want to be here. Again, is that keeping you from believing? See, we don't like this kind of preaching. We don't really care for this kind of preaching because that leads to questions like, what are you saying exactly? Are you telling me I just need to stay in a situation I don't like? Slavery is no roadblock to obeying and believing. I don't mean you're stuck and can't leave, if that was a question. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you you can't leave. If you have a chance at freedom, go ahead and take it. I'm simply trying to point out that under your new master, you're going to experience a marvelous freedom you would never have dreamed of. Let's stay right there for a second. I'm in slavery. I don't want to be there. Nobody does. But it doesn't stop me from worshiping my God. It doesn't stop me from living for my God. It doesn't stop anything that I want to do for God. It's just very uncomfortable. So what happens is, is us as church people, we get stuck, not in slavery, We don't get stuck in God. We get stuck in the middle of trying to figure out, should I stay here or should I go there? And we get so stuck in, in, in that place that we stop worshiping, praising, and living for God. We stop looking for opportunities to minister to the people around us. Could you imagine being in slavery and you being the person that the whole group of people look to for encouragement? And because you're so stuck with being in slavery that you stop giving them what they need? You stop fulfilling your purpose. Well, that's not fair. It wasn't fair that Jesus had to get on the cross and die either. I'm simply trying to point out that under your new master, you're going to experience a marvelous freedom you would never have dreamed of. What? What? See, we're so busy with the distraction of being in a place that we don't care for. That we miss that if we would focus more on God and what he has for us, we would have more freedom in that slavery than we would outside of it. But the fact isn't even that you need to stay in slavery because if you have an opportunity to get out, go. Go. Just don't lose the focus. Man. On the other hand, if you were free when Christ called you, you would experience a delightful enslavement to God. You would never have dreamed of. Some of us young people, some of these young people over here, they're like, man, my friends say I don't get to do anything. My friends say that the Christian life is boring. It's no life to live at all for a young person. You know this old saying, you're danged if you do and you're danged if you don't. Right? If they don't live for Christ, then they're they're overwhelmed and overtook by judgment and trying to live up to what their peers think about them. That's slavery. That's slavery in their mind. That you need to keep up with the Joneses. You got to make sure you're wearing the right shoes, wearing the right clothes. Saying the right things. Make sure you're funny at the right time. Because you can't say the wrong thing at the wrong time. That might have been funny yesterday, but it's not funny today. There's more freedom in you just living for Christ. But here's the thing. You're not either or. Sometimes you're just stuck in the middle. Stuck. Why? Because you're going out of your mind trying to figure out which one you should do. Remember the little verse that says something like, you're neither hot nor cold. Why don't you just pick one? All of you, slave and free, both were once held hostage in a sinful society. Then a huge sum was paid out for your ransom. So please don't, out of old habits, slip back into being or doing what everyone else tells you. Friends, stay where you were called to be. God is there. Hold the high ground with him at your side. The master did not give explicit direction regarding virgins, but as one much experienced in the mercy of the master and loyal to him all the way, you can trust my counsel. Because of the current pressures on us on us from all sides, I think it would probably be best to stay just as you are. Are you married? Stay married. Are you unmarried? Don't get married. But there's certainly no sin in getting married. Whether you're a virgin or not, all I'm saying is that when you marry, you take and uh, you take on an additional stress in an already stressful time, and I want to spare you if possible. I do want to point out, friends, that time is of the essence. There is no time to waste. So don't complicate complicate ugh, don't complicate don't complicate your lives unnecessarily keep it simple in marriage grief joy whatever whatever it is even in ordinary things your daily routines of shopping, and so on. Deal as sparingly as possible with the things the world thrusts on you. This world, as you see it, is fading away. Clean desk, dirty desk. Desk full of loving encouragements, or not. Chairs pushed in, chairs pushed out. Worship with drums, worship without. Electric guitars, great. Acoustics, wonderful. Nothing at all but a piano, great. married not married nike's pumas no hair lots of hair who cares if we are focused on the king easier said than done pastor wayne Okay, I'm not disagreeing with that. That's not what we're doing here. If we were, that's where we're falling short. I'm not going to sit here and talk about how frustrating it is. We're all on the same page? It's frustrating. Good. I'm not going to sit here and talk about how uncomfortable it is. Are we uncomfortable sometimes? Good I'm not here to dwell on and swim through the, the mess of our life. I'm here to say to you, fix your focus. Fix your focus. What would happen if we fixed our focus? Are you living in sin, but you don't want to be? Do something different. But I can't. Stop. Do something different. But it's too hard. Stop. Do something different. But I'm going to fail. Just do something different. And whatever that difference is, make sure that it is completely involving Christ our King. Okay, I may not be able to fix everything about me. As a matter of fact, I know I can't. So in my family, in my marriage, there may be things that I dislike, I don't care for, and I wish were different. But knowing that I can't fix or repair those things, there's no point in me dwelling in it. This is never going to work. This is never going to fix. This is never going to, this is never going to. I just can't. I just won't. She won't. She don't understand. I can't even. No, no. You know what? It is what it is. And I'm going to tell you right now, my wife hates that saying because there was a season in my life when I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. But you know why I said that? It wasn't because I didn't care. It was because I chose not to get stuck. I'm not gonna get stuck. I'm not gonna dwell on what I can't fix. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna push into what I believe God can fix. Well, how do I know what that is? Oh my gosh. Time is of the essence. We don't have a lot of time, right? So if I take five days trying to figure out what it is we're going to do when I could have just took one day to figure out and get it wrong, do it another time, get it wrong. And on day three, figure out what it was I was supposed to be doing. I just saved myself two days of doing whatever it was I was supposed to be doing. Well, Dwayne, that don't sound right. You know what? (laughs) Somebody else thinks it does. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Like. I know I may sound a little harsh, but that's what Paul, Paul was like, man, get married or don't get married. My opinion of the situation is, I'm going to tell you, don't get married. If Paul was up here and said that to you, you'd be like, oh, no, he didn't. How does he know what God wants from me? He don't. And apparently you don't either. (laughs) So he's just saying, hey, how about this? Don't get stuck on whether you're going to get married or not. Just keep moving with Jesus. Keep doing what he wants you to do, right? Well, I don't know, Pastor Dwayne, where I'm supposed to find the one. Well, maybe you might find the one in the crowd of people that you're preaching to. Well, I ain't been preaching to nobody. Well, there you go. Give me Proverbs chapter 4. If you want to follow me, I'm going to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 and 27. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 and 27. And I'm going to wrap up here real quick. We're about to speed through the rest of this because it's 12 o'clock. Are you ready? This is the Amplified Version. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered aright. Turn not aside to the right hand or the left hand. Remove your foot from evil. That's what we need to be doing. I'm going to give it to you Even clearer than that. Are you ready? Again, we're moving fast. If you want to write these down, I'm going to give them to you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. And Psalms 119 and 5. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. That first portion of that last scripture I read. Let your eyes look directly forward and gaze and your gaze be straight before you. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. He endured the cross disregarding the uncomfortableness disregarding how he felt how he felt just didn't matter he cried out to his own father and said I don't like this if you could please change it but who am I you're the man whatever you want is what I will do but I just want to go on record with saying Then he went and yelled at the disciples, Wouldn't you have? He <laughs> said, Get up! What are you doing? This is stupid, right? That's what it really looked like. He was like, God, why are we doing this? Whatever! What are you doing? Okay, all right, you guys want to keep it the other way, that's fine. Oh, God. Would you sleep forever while over here praying? Please. Proverbs chapter 5, 21. For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. The second part of that scripture, the one that I read to you before, ponder the path of your feet. Look at what you're doing. Don't get stuck on it. Don't dwell on it. Why? Because God's looking at you, too. He knows where you're going. He knows what's coming up. Seek him. I'm going to read that in a different version. The NLT, it says, For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. This is scripture. Psalms chapter 119, verse 5. Oh, that my action would consistently reflect your decrees. Oh, that my action would consistently ref- oh, reflect your degrees. I'm telling you what, I don't know what's going on. I feel like, I feel like Ryan up here drinking five bottles of water. I'm just joking. <laughs> I feel you today, brother. I don't usually have this issue. That scripture again, then all your ways will be sure. Oh, that my actions will consistently reflect your decrees. Joshua chapter one, verse seven and eight. This is, this is for that, that last portion of that scripture above. Do not swerve to the right or the left Turn your foot away from evil. Right. So what is that? Joshua chapter one, seven and eight. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it and day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Last statement. And then I'm going to read some things what we need to do, right? Guys, please. Please, 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 Ah, don't, whatever the situation is, don't get stuck dwelling on a situation. Don't, don't get clogged up, stuck. Just keep doing what you know to do. God will take care of the things that, you're, that you want to get stuck on. And I know sometimes it's like, well, that's hard. That's not easy, right? The person who's like, oh, I don't know, should I work here or should I work here? I don't know which one God's calling me to do. Should I go to school? Or should I not go to school? I don't know what, God, what God's telling me to do. I, I've been there. I understand that. You know what? When I struggled, then I just was like, I just picked and I told God, I hey, Lord, this is out of pure ignorance. And I'm trusting that either I'm on task or you're going you're to correct. Because he knows my heart. Let your heart be true. Completely and absolutely fixed on him. He knows the difference. If you're like, Lord, I don't know what to do. And he's like, don't do that. You're like, but I really want to. You're having a full-blown conversation with him, telling him what you want to do, and he's telling you no. And you're like, I'm not really sure what you're saying to do, so I'm going to do it. (laughs) No, that is not it. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying you are torn. You are at the feet of Jesus. You are laying on your face, and you are crying out, God, what should I do? And he says, get up. Walk where I'm going. Walk. Just in case you don't think this is biblical, uh, Abraham was told to get up and leave his country. I'll tell you on the way. Don't get stuck. Stay focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep reading your word. Remain faithful in prayer. Train up your children in God's word. Meditate on God's promises. Forgive one another. Encourage and stir up other believers to love and good works. Love each other. Love your neighbor. And love those who hate you by telling them about Jesus. Do good to all men, but especially the household of faith. Keep evangelizing the lost people Uh, two lost people, the Lord brings into, uh, into your circle of influence. Keep pressing forward in the work of Christ's kingdom for God's glory and the good of Christ's church. No confusion there. So if you're ever unsure about what you should be doing, any of those never change. You should never have a question of that. Somebody new coming to your circle that don't know Jesus? What are you supposed to do? Hey, there we go. Somebody was listening. (laughs) Let's go. That's easy. You shouldn't be like, Lord, oh, man, Lord, I don't know if I should be hanging out with them. Should I go to the bar with them or should I not? Should I drink that beer with them or should I not? What? What? Stop. Just tell them about Jesus. Jesus. Share your testimony. I understand all the other stuff is important. I'm not saying that's not important, right? Whether you're married or not is pretty important. But what's more important to that is, is that we're doing what we're called to do for Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here that would disagree with that? Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So, when the basement flooded... Ain't nothing I can do about that. I came in. I did what I could do. And when I was done, I went with Miss O'lahana to minister to some homeless people. I'm sitting there at the place, and I'm playing basketball, and I'm like, man, wait, pause. I'm going to rewind. Before I left, I was like, should I stay here? Should I stay here and make sure that some things is getting done? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I'm like, well, you're the pastor. What are some of these people? What did you say? You're the person that's going to And I was like, wait a second. Er! Lord, I'm just going to, I'm going to be with you people. You know, I'm going to do the work. If I'm wrong, they got my cell phone, right? I mean, it just is that simple. Now, the fact that I was tired, my feet hurt, and all that. Like, you know, I could talk about all that, too. But guess what? There was only one thing that was important. Going to do the work of Jesus Christ. Man, I could continue. I could go on forever, I'm telling you, but I'm not going to. Because after it was all said and done, there was like 100 people there. I didn't even need to be there. So then I could, well, Lord, why did, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to believe that when I went there, I was able to plant a seed. I was able to share love. I was able to do whatever needed to be done that God wanted to be done, right? And that's what we're going to focus on. That's what we're going to focus on. Here, there, everywhere, whatever. Let's just focus on. As Pastor Jeff always says, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. All right? I'm going to close in prayer. Lord God, I just come into you right now. I thank and praise you for the opportunity to share your word. I thank you and I praise you that we can have an open, real talk about your word. What is good? What's not good? Not having no clue of either but trusting that you're in control, moving with you, going where you say go. And when we don't know, know, then just simply doing what we know to be doing. Lord God, help us to remember to always, when we get stuck, to look back at the things we know we should be doing so that we are never distracted. God, we don't want to be distracted. We do not want to fall victim to the enemy and his devices. I rebuke distraction right now in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that every person under the sound of my voice going from this day forward would not be distracted by the things that the enemy tries to put in their way. That they would not be overwhelmed and distracted by, and by the, the, the way that they're thrust into this crazy world to figure out what's next. But they would simply focus on you. Making decisions that they believe are going to affect this world for the kingdom of Christ. Lord God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice right now, God, who just doesn't even know you, God, I pray right now that they would submit their lives to you, that they would choose to allow you to come in, to shake up some of their thinking, to reestablish their life's purpose, to find maybe life purpose. They would allow you to come in and change their perceptions, define things in their lives. I pray right now, Lord God, that they would that they would uh, struggle only with if they're going to struggle that they would struggle to live a life for you. That they would continuously fight. That they would continuously die to their flesh, crucifying it daily so that they can live for you. That would be the only struggle that they would have. And I pray that they would be completely freed by that struggle even through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that we all would grab a hold of in faith and believe that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that there is no struggle, that we would understand that there is no struggle when we live in that power. But if we have to struggle at all, I pray that our daily struggle would be to come to that realization. To die to ourselves and live for you only. I pray that right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for newness. I pray for revelation. I pray for peace, grace, love, your mercy, all to have a perfect work in our lives, to produce the fruit of your spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. Will you join me right now? Will you join me in just beginning to thank God for that prayer, for the people in the room that needed that prayer, for the people online that needed that prayer, for you that might have needed that prayer right now? Join me right now. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, that you are in control. I thank you, God, that your power is available. I thank you, God, that I will live. I will live my life. According to your will, I will live my life, Lord God, full of your Holy Spirit. I will live my life, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit is filling me up to overflowing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I have victory. Thank you, Jesus, you have won it all. Thank you, Jesus, that I can keep my focus on you while you keep your focus on everything else. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. And we, your church, your bride, we say amen and amen. Thank you all very much for your time. We appreciate you. We love you. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Goodbye.